Hello everyone and welcome back to the 343 Football Podcast. As always, it's your host Jaffa and once again, I'm joined by Ali. Hi. Daoud. Hello. And Qudama. Hi. How's everyone doing? Hi, not bad. Yes. Very excited. Yes is the answer to how you're doing. Yes. I'm doing yes. I just want to get points on this uh, quiz. All right. We'll (laughs) dive straight in. This one uh, might be a bit tricky, so I'll put you out of your misery if you don't get it. Hopefully one of you does. Who is the most capped England player? Of all time. Well, Which England player has the most Wayne, caps? Wayne Rooney? It's not Wayne Rooney. Is it David Peter Shilton? It's Peter oh, Shilton. Shilton. I'm talking about, I'm thinking about goals, man. Oh, man God. strikes again. I thought keeper straight away. Yeah. I feel like that's your first in a, uh, if, if you attempt for Ali. It's been a while since I you've thought, I, right. thought, I thought like Dowd have a chance here. I feel yeah. like I've had the longest uh, <laughs> dry spell, let's say. Dry spell? <laughs> Without points on the board. <laughs> <laughs> drought, again. isn't it? A, a dry spell? Yeah, a dry spell, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we'll not carry on with the theme of last week I'm not going to lie <laughs> <laughs> Alright Oh god So the first game we're going to kick things off with is Probably the most high quality game you can get in the Premier League these days Or so it has been for the last few years It's Liverpool against Manchester City Great game 2-2 draw Plenty of amazing football uh, We'll start with Ali So My assessment of the game Because I remember I texted on WhatsApp saying I feel like Man City is the you know the, the passing team they're dominating on the ball, but Liverpool have got the firepower, and it was sort of a little bit like that, wasn't it? So you had like Salah in amazing form, uh, Mane got a goal as well, but Man City you know due to their dominance sort of kept themselves in the game, and in the end I think a draw was a fair result. Yeah, no, a draw was a fair result. It could have went either way, you know, penalty decisions and like last minute blocks. Uh, the way I saw the game was Liverpool came out the blocks first five ten minutes. And what Man City had to do was keep the Anfield atmosphere quiet. They did that and they just peppered Liverpool left, right and centre, really. You know, mm. playing balls down the middle, Bernardo Silva turning Van Dijk inside out yet again. Um, balls going through the left-hand side to obviously cause issues for Milner. Ford and Grealish were giving him havoc and that was a weakness in the first half. I don't know what Klopp did, but turned around, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, uh, I think I linked you guys a, an interview of Klopp where he was saying that he sort of spotted all the tactical dominance from Man City in the first half and changed a few things. He said, like, I was sick of the long, aimless passes that we were making. Like, that that's something I didn't like. It's like, it only maybe works once or twice. The rest of the time, it's like, I don't really get why those long balls happen. Because obviously Man City were forcing them into them. Yeah. No, yeah. Y- well, you could see where Trent Alexander-Arnold's missed as well because he's playing those long balls. So when he, when he's not there, like the system has a change because Milner's not that sort of player. Yeah, you know he's a workhorse, he's an engine. Looked a bit leggy, lacklustre the whole team. And it's it's quite a confident um, type of decision for Klopp to make, isn't it? Um, like a dynamic change to the to the match. Whereas some managers are like, well, you know, this is the system, this is what we know. Let's stick with the game plan. But if a key player is missing, you can't really keep. That. Like, there's nobody else that can do what Trent can do. Well, I've. I, I mean, I feel like the DNA of Liverpool still has been there even when Trent or like Robertson hasn't played. I feel like they still play w- I th- think with the wingers. You can get from Simicas a little bit of the Robertson play, but you can't get from anybody else anything of the Trent. Yeah, but Nico, Nico yeah. Williams is shite. And then on top of that, uh, Joe Gomez is not really a right back, is he? Like James yeah. James Miller is just a utility man, isn't he? That's that's what he's there. Uh, yeah, he was more than a utility man. He, he, to be fair, okay, yeah, sorry, carry on. So Jeff, how, how did uh, they fix that? problem then in the second half do you think well well what happened was Liverpool just got lucky well with the first goal it was just 
good build-up play, and Salah just fed Mane, and it was it was a quality goal. Were you surprised to see Mane finish that? Considering yeah, he was I, was, I was surprised. I was like, like, like I did, I did jump in the air like like a child. I was like, what the <laughs> heck? I was really happy, and you know, it was through, it was through that right hand side surprisingly where the attacks would come from as well. Very strange, and even with the second goal with what's goals, you know, the magic which Salah brought. Um, it was through James Milder, even though Curtis Jones got the assist just passing the, the ball to Salah. Man, he turned that team inside out, didn't he, though? Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that more a bit later. But I want to talk about the Man City angle for a bit, Qadema. So I feel like the armchair analysis might on this occasion be the spot-on analysis, which is Man City can do all the pretty passing they want, but without that striker up front, it's it's sort of a little bit goes to waste, doesn't it? Exactly. I mean, it was the biggest headline of the summer. You know, they tried to get Kane in. And it, they didn't. And then a lot of people saw how they started the season. And then they thought, you know what, maybe they don't even need a striker. Because, I mean, they lost to City on the uh, Dispers on the uh, opening weekend. But after that, they seemed okay. I mean, they created enough chances and they've got the firepower to score regardless if, if they have a £150 uh, million pound man up top or not. But, like, it's in the games like PSG in the midweek or games against, you know, opposition like Liverpool where the lack of a focal point in attack just... Is exacerbated by the you know by the fact that what you have on the pitch just on strikers Sterling doesn't even start. He's getting dropped for Grealish, who was you know get, starting to get uh, more and more criticism. It'd be interesting to see if they try break the bank for Kane again in in uh, in the winter. But I think as far as you know the, the league title is concerned, they've still got enough about them to to you know. I mean, it's not saying it's not a bold statement, but. Like Kane won't be the difference between the title for them, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, doubt it says a lot, doesn't it, when we're talking about you know Man City's lack of striker, and there they are at Anfield, still scoring two goals, like, and still dominating, you know, lo- loads of chance creation, especially the thing that they've always loved to do in the Pep, which is the the cutbacks, isn't it? So, a couple of nice intricate passes on either flank, someone goes out wide, puts it in, and there's usually like a, Sterling, for example, is I think the the best example of this when he's always tapping it, and he's obviously not yeah. really been in the team or on form over the last 18 months. But, um, you know, are we exaggerating a little bit Man City's lack of striker? Are they absolutely fine even without one? Well, we're definitely not exaggerating. Uh, it's a definitely a, a a good point to make. I think uh, given that they were going to go in for Harry Kane, um, you know, obviously he, he said he does, he's not going to leave. There's a reason why Pep wanted him uh, and there's a reason um, why Pep has to play the way he has to play at the moment. Given if there was a striker there, there would have been a bit more of a focal point. Uh, probably Foden would have uh, a bit more uh, creativity in getting the ball in or having a bit more of a press. Possibly, I don't know what we could po- what what they could do with the striker that would be different to what their playing style is at the moment. Apart from bringing more physicality, that is if you're going to bring a, a striker that's got more physicality in. I mean, Gabriel Jesus is a striker. He's more but, of a winger, really. I mean, for the national team, he plays exclusively on the wing, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's he's well. I've he's all, sort of stuck I, in the middle, isn't he? A little he's bit. stuck in the middle, like, but he's like a middle winger then. But that plays a lot higher. He's like a false nine then. No, no, he, he's definitely got the ability to. You know, if, if it was on Football Manager, the uh, preferred the natural position would probably be striker. both winger and striker. But the way that he himself likes to play, because he talks a lot about how I think if, I don't know if you guys saw the interview with him on Match of the Day a couple couple weeks ago. Or was it last week where he talks about him having that hybrid role where he can play as a winger, play as a striker? But for me, like despite his unbelievable numbers 
at his age. I think Jaffa's main point at the start was that when you do get those chances, you need someone that is, you know, statistically you're going to have the highest probability of like scoring. Like what Aguero was. Yeah, he, exactly. He had yeah. just an innate ability to finish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And be in the right position. Like, you know, like uh, like elite was strikers elite, are. Yeah. yeah, like elite strikers are. They know where to be, their positioning. Whereas a winger is more... Um, of like a hard worker to get in those positions and goal scoring opportunities. I, I think our position got changed when he came to Man City though, because our Palmeiras, who's uh, out and out number nine, and when he come to a team like Man City, where you, at the time you had Aguero, yeah, you, you had like, even though he was a midfielder, two way, you know, going forward, and Pep come into the side, he had to, he's trying to figure himself out. So I think with Gabriel Jesus, he actually got pushed onto the wing. How much yeah. overlap did him and Toure have? Didn't have much, but he, he was still there. It feels like Man City, though, like when sort of the way that they were building their squad earlier on, when they had Tevez, Aguero, Jeco uh, as well, mm-hmm. they bought in Negredo for a couple of years and uh, um, other strikers. But I mean, no, like now. Nolito was another one as well. Yeah, but so now it seems like they're stockpiling the sort of Bernardo Silva type, the Jagredis type, the Jesus type, all these great players, amazing technical players, but none of them that are really the focal point is a traditional number nine. Like. Mm-hmm. But are they? Is that something that will work for them? Do you think? Are they like you know? There's no. It has been working, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, how much influence did Aguero have on their season last season when they won the league? I mean, he was not much. Really minimal. He was out for most of it, and you know they still managed to win it. You could argue, you know, the circumstances around the the whole season, no fans and other teams being uh, weakened through injuries and whatnot, whether they would get away with it again. But for me, I think. Even at this point in time, Harry Kane would still be somewhat of a luxury signing. I don't think you can make. I don't know about luxury. Yeah, I, don't I know mean, about that. yeah, luxury maybe I feel a like bit I'd of a strong word. Jack Grealish a little bit more. Wasn't Jack Grealish brought in preemptively, preemptively to the off- outgoing Bernardo Silva, who's been rumored to? Yeah, that, that's an interesting one, right? Everyone's saying that Bernardo's going to go out on loan or whatever, but he's he stuck around. But he, apparently, he's just unhappy in Manchester, so it seems like it's a, you know, an open secret that he, he's looking for a move. At, sometime so that's why Grealish was brought in and you know they probably thought we can bring Grealish in eat mo- much more easily this summer than Kane will be yeah. isn't he out of contract in the summer Kane no, 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 no. six year deal like oh, two well, years ago Kane's he's in contract he's staying plenty there, of time no, no. I'm yeah. thinking of Mbappe he's in Sorry. jail Kane in yeah, I'm thinking of Mbappe but Harry Kane like you know an extra year will probably decrease his value so 150 million what he w- should have went for this summer he'll probably go for a bit less than yeah, that. If excellent. I was Man City, I would focus all energy on getting Haaland, you know. Like, uh, I personally would as well. Like, he, he's the one with. I agree with that as well. Many more years ahead of him. And Kane, it's not like Kane is done or washed or anything like that, but it's it's difficult to get him. You know, like high price, long long term contract that he signed. I just feel like it's more hassle than it's worth for Man City. I so agree. What? Do you think Harry Kane's just going to stay at Spurs? I mean, it's not the Harry Kane podcast, but. Uh, episode, but you know, yeah, no, no, they think that's it. Like, this year was no, no, I still think obviously they could still go for him, but if I was in their position, I wouldn't like, I just feel like the boat has sailed, you know, like that, yeah. that's it. No, fair enough. I would, I'd, I'd love to see Haaland in the Prem, and especially if yeah. there's rumors of him and, and Mbappe ending up at Madrid. Yeah. I don't really want to no. see that, to be honest. Now, to refocus uh, at Liverpool again, that that's a team without any problems up front <laughs> at the moment. Ali, I was thinking about a question I had for you about Mohamed Salah, and I was gonna ask you. Is he the best player in the league? But then I saw a lot of talk on social media of is he the best player in the world? So I guess th- th- that'll be my leading question. Right now, on current form, is Mohamed Salah the best player in the world? On current form? On current form. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I see he is. Nah, not for me, like. 
Name someone better on, on form. Who's doing better on form? Who's, right who's, who's doing better on isn't form? Isn't Haaland doing better? Ha- Haaland is probably the only one. Possibly. I still form. say uh, Lewandowski. Is Lewandowski on form? He, I think he hasn't scored in two games. Uh, two games. Go, two game gold drought. But <laughs> even still, like no. But but if you, you look at you, you're okay, looking okay. at a team like Bayern Munich where you're going to dominate the league, it's not going to. It's not going to matter much. Okay. All right, let's let's refocus you know, the question then. In the league, Sal- Sal- is Sal- he is the best in the league? Is he the best in Premier League? Oh, without a doubt. Who's better? Come on. You, I feel like De Bruyne had a case, but he's he's the, slowing down a little bit. De Bruyne. Yeah, yeah, I saw that in the game as well. He he, he looked. He, he, I don't know. He just didn't look right. La- last two seasons, he hasn't looked right. He, he had that serious injury like three years ago when Liverpool did win the league, and since then he hasn't looked right. I disagree. Yeah, I think he's got those magic moments. Though. Yeah, he, he does. Like fine. his goal, he does. So. He does. Yeah. He does more than enough. Like no, not just his goal. Like yeah. some of the passes he picks out, no one else in the league can do them. No yeah. one can see them. I Lewandowski, agree with that, but it's, goals, it's not at what what he used to do. You, you know, like yeah. like KDB was just insane a couple of years ago, but now he's not what he used to be. Yeah. I would agree. He's, he's still good, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to disagree about Salah being the best player in the league. Um, the only question is how long is he going to stay in the league because obviously the contract yeah. talks are still ongoing and uh, I mean if if he, any if any player in the world right now could land any club he wanted besides Messi in the summer it's probably Mohamed Salah yeah, yeah that's true are you worried about losing him? yeah yeah I I, I, that, fr- that famous three between Firmino, Mane, Salah he's the one which I want to keep do you know what I think is, could happen though like if they pay him that 500 grand a week or so that's what it's rumoured that it's going to look bad in like two years time like yeah, for the, probably for will, being, yeah. You, you know I get that I don't want to be in an Arsenal situation where they pay Mesut Ozil that much money or, or when, he's pretty much done, yeah. when, when he is done but then or Man United with the hair even though he's started the season already. yeah I mean, he's, he's doing really well this but season then, I don't yeah. know what they fed him but then who did they replace the Salah with <laughs> Well, no yeah, that's there's no, no obvious think, candidate, is there? I think it's yeah. it's wrong to take that money that you would get for him or the money you would save with him off the wage, off the wage bill, and look at immediately who can I replace for the exact same amount of money. You have to hope that the scouting department and the Edwards. Um, I think Liverpool can go big next summer because last. Two, Mbappe. three seasons. No, I don't think it's going to be Mbappe. <laughs> well, yeah, you've got an aging forward line. Like I, I know that Salah is untouchable, but Mane and Firmino feels like a little bit. Almost creeping towards that period where well, they should be replaced. Well, you can tell Jota's there to replace Firmino. But so. the, the Mane replacement, I think, is going to come th- soon. That'll come. Um, there's talks of. Um, is, does he play for Andrek Doku, who played in. The, the oh, rapid yeah, winger? Yeah. yeah. Who yeah. played for Belgium yeah. in the Euros. Yeah, Liverpool yeah. did scout him a couple of seasons ago, and Clark brought him to be the heir to Sadio Mane. I'll tell you what, who'd be a good First left, time I've heard left winger to replace Mane, um, having watched him on the weekend, uh, Huang for Wolves. Huang Hee Chan. Oh, he. In that Champions game against uh, Liverpool a couple of seasons ago, man, he turned Liverpool yeah. inside out with Minamino, Haaland. Yeah, he's an quality, exciting, quality side exciting that prospect. Was. Yeah, I mean, he'll be interesting to watch out for in the league. Obviously, we saw first-hand account of him being great against Newcastle, but you know, I feel like anybody can do that against Newcastle, so we'll have to wait and see <laughs> if he tests himself against uh, Sterner opposition. But yeah, I mean, that, that was a, a great game. I always love to watch uh, Liverpool against Man City. And it'll be can I ask a question? Do you yeah. think Salah's goal was a wonder goal? Yeah, bro, is that a dumb question? What? The what heck? else can you categorize it as? I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't think it was a that goal, goal is ridiculous. That, that's like bro, that's that's a saltiness. Bo- I it was a good goal. I thought it was a really bro, that, good goal. That was close to the Messi and Boateng vibes. Nah, it was when he rolled it past uh, Cancelo. Was it Cancelo? Bro, the, he went past Can- Cancelo, Cancelo, Bernardo. Bernardo I think, I think, and then I think we have did, to put it in context. context. Shift it on his weaker foot, slot it in the corner. What can he ask? I think we have to put it in context. You but see the quality side it was, a, it, was well. it was a premature um, uh, a tackle that he fell down on. and nah, I he rolled him. 
Uh, I don't know, you know. I watched it and I was saying, well, it's a really good goal, but it's not. It's not one one goal. You know what? It's because it's, it's not Cristiano Ronaldo. It's not someone from Manchester United. This guy's just salty, man. What the I heck? I don't know. I've seen other goals. I, I'll give you an example. Oh, so down sodium levels you know, so like, high. It's unbelievable, man. Do you remember Ben Arthur's goal against? Uh, was it uh, Everton? And he, he actually ran from the halfway line. That was Chelsea. That was Bolton. That was against Bolton. Was Bolton. Bolton sorry. Did he not do one similar to Chelsea as well? No, no. That was against Blackburn in the cup. Yeah, yeah. He's got two solo goals, and there was a good one against Everton as well. Like you know. They're similar, like Suf- um, um, you've got Suf- Suf- Sufian Bufal. The opposition he's facing, Sufian Bufal as well. Oh yeah, do you know how hard it is to score against Man City? The thing is, though, the, f- like, the irony is you're describing, you're relating it to other wonder goals. Though. It's it's a, it's a wonder goal, bro. Like I, I did. This I, is bitterness. That, no, no, that didn't. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Genuinely, it's not. It that didn't have a tag as a wonder goal as this did. Mm, I disagree. I'm telling you now. Bro, I, I think all of us disagree, including yourself. If there's a goal that's going to beat that for goal of the season, I want to see it. Like that, that, that's a contender already for goal right, of the season. That's my homer for next week then. Don't forget my uh, hot take, man. You're waiting on John Joe Shelby's. Uh, remember the start of the season predictions? And I said John Joe Shelby's winning goal of the season. Yeah, bro. Just wait, just wait. Well, Even though well, Vol- Volmort probably would, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> He's got an eye for the spectacular. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll shift the discussion next to Atletico Madrid against Barcelona, where. Atletico ran out 2-0 victors as Barcelona's decision to let go of Suarez comes back to bite them, you know. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not been a good time for Barcelona. We've you know, it, they're they're going very very badly as in terms of the mood of the club, the the way the manager is, the fan base, everything Messi leaving, so many things that are compounding the misery right now. And it's like when they're coming to these big games, you almost feel like they're just going to lose automatically, right? I mean, 3-0 loss to Benfica. So, I don't know, Qadam, I'll ask you first. Is the 2-0 victory more like an impressive Atletico Madrid feat or just, you know, a normal feat because of how how crap Barcelona have been lately? Um, it's weirdly a bit of both, but also like mostly Barcelona being just absolute shambles right now. The entire morale of that club is in the gutter. I mean, you know, financially, unsh- like financially, you know, they can't uh, strengthen their team team the way they want to well, did you hear though, what yeah. their, their, their cap is it's lower than what Watford are expected to no, it's starting to you know um, uh, what's the word recover since the it, fans are back in the stadium but my point, yeah, I'm talking but about like the they've been know, capped the, by, by La Liga uh, in terms of wages for um, per week isn't it that, like similar to what is it Watford or Wolves sorry that uh, they can spend in a week for wages it's like it's actually th- that bad yeah, 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 but my point, like, let's talk about the game, bro. Yeah, yeah sorry. no, no, but I'm talking, no, no, no the financial talking about, aspect. Yeah, we're talking of it, about yeah. the context of the club. Morale is down, you know. In you know, t- for me, right? Clubs have transitioning periods. It's 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 gonna happen. You can't just go from that sure. Guardiola team to that Luis Enrique team, uh, you know, trebles and all all that, and not, you know, you can't maintain that. But some transitioning periods are very painful, and this one is like, you know, they're just gonna have to pull the bandaid off, and. You know, suffer through it because they've got some exciting prospects. But for the weirdest part for me, and the worst part for me, is just the uh, it's Kuman himself, Kuman, like the way he's conducting himself in the media. Yeah, I think Laporte, uh, sure. Laporte just banned him from speaking to the Dutch media. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw that today, because the guy's interviews and the stuff he's saying, he's just throwing everyone under the bus. He's, he's talking to the How president. How is he still in a job? That's why I'm. I think uh, like a lot of people are joking and saying I think he's just trying to get fired for the compensation. Like he d- he's given up on the project himself, and it kind of feels like that. I mean, oh, right. the game management is just strange. I think he's trying to hide behind the, uh, you know, playing La Masia uh, uh, graduates a bit too much. 
like he's trying to use that as a crutch like look at least i'm getting the youth in but like you know you're chasing the game and you're just throwing on 16 17 year olds every single time like you're not really expecting the game to change are you do you mean so, Damn, so he's just propelling even further he's just adding more fire but the, fuel but to the fire i think i don't want to say self-sabotage because I, like, I feel like you know i'd like to think he's got too much self-respect to do that but he does kind of seem like he's you know given up on this season already and that's like you know shown in the players they seem much more unfit than any other team they play at the back they're not organized and atletico madrid just took advantage of that so you know they're probably looking to um yeah retain their title i was i'll say i was impressed you know i didn't watch watch the game uh, but i did catch the highlights I, I feel like joao felix is starting to come good again after you know he similar to kai Havertz, where they had covid and their form dropped and they're starting to find their feet at the new club you know luis suarez you know, will always finish chances even though his legs are gone. Just uh, Griezmann, I thought, was pretty uh, bang average. Didn't hasn't hit the ground running. Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's the thing, isn't there, about Griezmann where ever since he's come back to Atleti, I'm not sure if the stats still holds, but for the minutes he's been on the pitch, uh, I don't think Atleti have scored yet, and they're, they're not winning that many games. Like it's in the league. Yeah, he did score well, in all competitions, it was. No, like, he it scored, might be. He scored against AC Milan. Last no, week. no, what I mean is um, they were saying that for all the contributions he's done on the pitch, Atleti hasn't actually won a point yet. Uh, until that match against Barcelona because he came on and finally they won the game. Right, so just in the league. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it doesn't seem to be like the happiest time for him. But what about another player, Ali, I want to talk about is uh, Thomas Lemar because he, he's he been sort of deemed as a bit of a flop, hasn't he, ever since he moved from Monaco, you know, that season when they had their, <laughs> yeah. their hype season in the Champions League when they made the semi-finals. But it does sort of feel like he's he's made a bit of a turnaround in the last year or so, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, could, it could be with confidence, confidence and obviously um, having uh, time in Spain. You know, someone come from France to Spain, he might he might need his time. You know, some people need a gel and seems like he's hit, hitting right form right now. You know, looks look great. You know, assisted Suarez and Suarez assisted him. He got himself a goal as well. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I can't really complain. Um, I think it was a good team performance as well, really. And Tomo- and Lamar did contribute to that. Right. Yeah, but not to register a shot on target, right? Barcelona didn't register a shot on target in the game against Benfica. I, I don't believe was. so, no. I mean, no, they didn't. Uh, then, I watched that game. So, so. The, like, just all over the pitch. I mean, it was comical, man. Like, did you see Araujo trying to lead attacks at, at one point? And yeah, yeah. PK as a centre back coming on as a striker. I mean, like, a few I, weeks ago. I think you perfectly summed it up. You know, like, that, um, that he missed a header, even though it was offside. Yeah. He absolutely missed a, a glaring open goal. And it was just like, and then he fell into the net, just rolling over. It was just like, yeah, this is Barcelona. That, that's yeah, the perfect image. Officially, of what's you know, happened. Get, get the stamp out and, you know, just ban the era as officially. Yeah. But you know, like, uh, just to dial it back to what he was saying before about Coleman sort of perpetuating the misery. Do you think that's a little bit unfair on Coleman? Do you think he's been dealt a bad hand with, you know, Messi leaving and the squad quality is very much depleting compared to recent years? Definitely. But didn't Coleman have a problem with, like, how Messi was playing and not playing with how he wanted to and he had a bit of falling out with him? It just seems like he's, like... Coleman's he, a dick. He, he's, <laughs> no, I don't want to put it out there, bro. Yeah, no, but, like, it seems like he's, like, um, Mourinho three years into the job. Yeah, but you just see like who scored who scored goal against Barcelona it was Luis Suarez you know but he's Coca-Cola the, maybe but, uh, uh, correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong uh, the, the amount of time I've I've been watching football and known Ronald Koeman he's not this type of person it seems out of character for him is that no, correct no, no he's, 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 not, he's, he's not, a bit of a dick at he's Everton got a little as well. bit sour at the end of the Everton spell Everton well. spell yeah, yeah but he's never like this bad I've never he's always been a very pr- bro you've never seen him at nah, Ajax in Ajax on, he was having issues with Louis Van Gaal yeah I don't think you know Koeman you don't know right, what, man. The guy bro Coleman's very, a dick he's very blunt 
Yeah. Like he's he's not gonna sugarcoat anything. Like his media training is clearly of a different era. Do you know what I mean? And he's Dutch, and mm. we all know how the Dutch like to be uh, blunt. quite blunt and you know, no sugarcoating. But it's still quite strange to see that coming out of a club like Barcelona. I just feel like I don't care how good Messi is, the squad is still better than what they're showing. Yeah. And these performances are just unacceptable. No one's asking them to win a Champions League. No one's even asking them to win the league at the minute. Just, you know, they're still good enough for top four in Spain and they're much better than what they're showing. So I think for me, most of it falls on the manager. Like you have to instill some belief in this team. Do you know, I guess uh, one of the, like the biggest indictments as well is that nobody actually expects anything anymore of Coutinho, right? Like he's a no, huge, he's... a huge signing for them oh in terms of how much it costs and the fact that he paid out of his own money to make the transfer happen. <laughs> But Ali, I mean, you you saw him firsthand. You know that he was quality for Liverpool. No one can deny oh, that. Oh man! Like, why why is actually there's no sort of focus on how crap he's been? Oh man, this, this makes me laugh. Um, well, what, what can you expect? You know, uh, isn't he still a quality player? Or is you he don't finished? know. He he is. You know what? That Liverpool, he could have been the best in the world. Personally speaking, he could have won the Ballon d'Or. He was that. No, no, he was no, no, no. He was he was that good. No, no, he was that good. He was. No, 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 no. He he no, no. He had a chance, and that his chance was at Barcelona. And Jurgen Klopp said to him, "You go to Barcelona, you're gonna be another bum. You stay at Liverpool, you're gonna be a legend. You're gonna build a statue." But in his very best Liverpool days, he was never Ballon d'Or level. No, but no, no, but he was propelling to that level. No, no, he was propelling to that level. I think he's trying to say though that like his progression, his trajectory was. Go on there. Was yeah, just like I'm not okay. saying Sky him right at Liverpool, he was gonna be you know like the best player in the world. Yeah. But he needs that step, and he, he was challenging. Was that. He yeah. was challenging Hazard for the best player in the league. You know, a lot of people yeah. thought he was the best player. Man, in the league you, you see, my one like amazing goals. It, he it was scored. only for a short period of time. He, it, his no. trajectory was so no, no, quick. No, 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 Wait, he was challenging Hazard. He was challenging Hazard. He was gradually getting better and better and better, and then he had a. A season and a half where he's like proper like... I think after Coutinho left though, Hazard kind of found a new level as well at the same time. Yeah. For Chelsea. Yeah, but I feel like Coutinho, one of, like, one of the things about him is, you know, when you're playing in that number 10 role behind the striker, you've got to make things happen. He was doing that at Liverpool. And he was a man at Liverpool. Scoring free kicks yeah. and scoring long ranges. Yeah, he, he used to drag Liverpool to results that they had no right in getting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like now, okay, fair enough. I mean, I might reconsider that point you were making, but I just, I feel like whenever I watched him at Liverpool, yes, he was great. But the Ballon d'Or, you have to be like Mr. No, Consistency. No, 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 no but the, he, he was consistent. What uh, Rodgers brought him in 2012 from Inter Milan. And actually, I seen it first time when he took he tore Newcastle apart. Yeah. Where, and it was back in the Padre days when we were at St. James's Park. Right, okay. Six six uh, I just want to mention that. where this is going. <laughs> so, no, uh, nah, no, 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 but in, in all fairness. Nip it in, in the bird. No, in, in all fairness, <laughs> he, yeah. he could have been the best player in the world. I, I personally think right. that. So... You know, it's an opinion, but, you know. All right. Well, it can be debated. <laughs> it's what we're be. all here for. <laughs> but we will move on to the last segment of today's podcast, which is going to be... So, one of the most fun things about following football is when occasionally a team springs out of nowhere and has a fantastic season, surpasses expectations, and at the end of it, might even achieve something. You know, people who follow that team tend to be called hipsters. So, I want to know... Which is your favourite hipster club, lads, over the years? Like, the club that just sort of overachieved and... You know, give us something worth remembering. A little bit of the, the streets won't forget type of vibe. So, Sh- should we all name one and then discuss the best one out of them? No, no. I mean, well, I'll get all your nominations first. But yeah, Kudema, which is your club? Well, you're saying club now. Oh, sorry. So I'm thinking moment, moment. Uh, no, no. Yeah, go on. Team. The team in my in my mind was the um, Algeria 2010 World Cup run, where they made it to the quarterfinals and only went out 
to a very lucky German side who eventually went on to win it. Was that 2014? Sorry, 2014, yeah. yeah. And uh, that for me was um, one of my favourite moments of the World Cup, like watching it. It reminds me of the Ghana one though. Like I feel like finals. the Ghana one surpasses yeah. that to be honest with you. Yeah, but for, me, for me, it was just it like was still seeing, see, seeing an yeah. Arab team make it that far in a World Cup. Like I remember like watching it and you know a lot of the Arab world came together and like kind of rallied behind this one team and seeing them and you know the performance that they gave against Germany was just legendary. So for Fair me that was, but if I had to pick a club, I wouldn't go too far back to be honest. I think the Ajax semi-final run was probably my favourite <laughs> of any of any hipster oh, club. Oh, that's a, it's a great example. But yeah, I mean they gave Germany, is in terms of Algeria, they gave Germany a good run for that match. Then it was yeah. only 2-1 in the end I think. Yeah, one extra time. And uh, their keeper just saved everything man. Well, not everything, but... Enough to take it to extra time against yeah. the Germans. And then Dowder, you got one for us? I've got the Wigan 1-0 uh, FA Cup win against Man City. Um, uh, I think it was the 2013-2014 season. The funny thing is, though, they, that was, was a cup upset, but they still got relegated. Oh, it was 12-13. So it was 12-13. 13-14 yeah. when Martinez went at Everton and went fifth. I but I think that's a bit of a controversial example because they got relegated that team, uh, yeah. It depends how you look at it, though. Because win them winning the FA Cup against Man City is extremely against the odds. Yeah, yeah. I I just thought it was a a really good match. I thought it was it was just, man, I don't know. I just like Man City losing as well. But it was it was it was a really hipster win. Ninety one, uh, ninety plus one minute. Uh, you know, ninety plus one. Just yeah. ninety first. Ninety first. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I'm reading. The, um, but yeah, I remember it was the last minute goal, and yeah, it was class. It was class. Uh, absolutely. You know, one of the best games. But yeah, not far the Which one's yours? This team was mentioned on this podcast. Uh, Monaco, 16-17. Oh, uh, that's a great shot. That's it, man. It, you, you talk about hips at clubs, and I, I don't support Monaco or anything like that, but, you know, that, that season in particular, had, what, Mbappe coming in, Falcao coming back after having a horrendous spell at Chelsea and Manchester United. You had Fabinho. Thomas Lamar, Fabinho, Fernando you know, Silva. It's just a shame know, that they didn't make it all the way, you know. That, that's it, you know, and then... Man, they told they told Man City, Man City a new one then as well. That's that's what I was thinking, you know, when we were all talking yeah. about it. I was like, uh, Monaco's uh, probably the best one out of a lot of them. Yeah. So you know, you could, you could even mention the, le the left team. back that should not be named. He was quality that <laughs> season as well. Let's be honest. Yeah. So do you reckon that Monaco team would like? You know, we're talking about the Battle of the Hipsters, the Ajax 2019 No, team. Monaco won way better, man. You reckon? You, you look at Who the was winning a two-legged tie between them? I Monaco, think. man. You've you got, you got Mbappe, you got Silva, you, you have Fabinho. Yeah, but you the know, team chemistry got, that was... Even Jameson, who's probably still there. I would Some Ajax, of the, the Nah, honest. Monaco, man. I Monaco. Ajax was just can a I, more Can I retract team. mine? I just remembered... It was two seasons, Middlesbrough, when Steve McLaren was uh, manager. Of course, he's in the European semi-finals, and then I think he got to the final in the, the year UEFA after. Cup. Yeah, they had a, a glorious UEFA Cup run. Uh, yeah. Hasselbank, Viduka in the final, though. Yeah, yeah, that was actually I followed that like all the way through so both my, seasons. My example is uh, Bielsa's Bilbao in the 11-12 season. Uh, I, I thought Bilbao was coming. So you're uh, looking that up, right? It's actually a funny. Well, it's more. It's a more notable story than I remember because I remember them making the Europa League final and the Copa del Rey final. Unfortunately, they got smashed 3-0 in both by Barcelona in the Copa del Rey and by Atletico Madrid in the Europa League. So their own, you know, their own fellow national, te uh, national team, fellow league teams, yeah, fellow league teams, you know, ended their hopes in crush uh, crushing style. But one of the funny things is that Europa League run only started because they were in the qualifier against um, Trabzonspor. They drew 0-0 in the first leg and then Fenerbahce got done for match fixing. So they lost their Champions League place. Trabzonspor got put in the Champions League instead. And uh, Bilbao got put into the Europa League group stage. No way. Yeah, so it was like... Uh, Crazy. Like, th that was a f uh, an amazing start to the journey. They didn't even beat Trabzonspor in the first leg as well. So their, their 
sort of participation in the Europa League that year was far from guaranteed. Wow. The nadir of it, obviously, it was fun to learn about a high pressing team because at the time in 11 12, it was more about like the amazing teams like Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool stockpiling the talent and being better than the other teams. But you never saw like an underdog with a high pressing style overachieve up until that point. Like Bielsa sort of brought that into the European uh, scale. And uh, when they smashed Man United across both games at Old Trafford and at the San Mames, beautiful. <laughs> was that uh, when Llorente uh, scored the header? Yeah, Marcus Llorente that season, 29 goals in all competitions. <laughs> wow. Fire, Incredible. Man. So many, Ike Munayi and Susayeta, like so many memorable players, great team. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's probably why I've been a, a fan of Bielsa. Like, that was definitely me being a hipster, like thinking, oh, look at this manager who's coming in and influencing European football. And obviously now everybody knows about him and the work he's doing at Leeds. So yeah. That, that one's my nomination. A great story for... Uh, also, honourable mention to the fifth place uh, finishing Newcastle team under Pardew. Yeah, that's it true. It soured very quickly after. But that front three of Denver Bar, Cissé and Hatton Ben off of the streets. Tell you what, though, you had a good Europa League run that season. I think you lost to Benfica. After, yeah, 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 you lost to Benfica after. in the quarters, was yeah. it? Yeah, we had a chance to go through. With this. There was only one goal in it uh, in the second leg. <laughs> yeah. And then they wrapped it up with the away goal and just killed all yeah. hopes. Ben Offa had like a glorious chance... Um, that was the only match in the Europa League in terms of the St. James's ones that I didn't get to go to because we went down in London that, that time. Damn. I would have liked to complete the full set. I went from, every, like, including the qualifying game against yeah. Atromitos. <laughs> I was there all the way through all the group stage games, all the knockout games, and I just had to miss that one, you know, for uh, times, circumstances man. out of my own control. If I had been there, I think we would have won the Europa League, I'm just saying. Yeah, probably would have been Champions League Club World Cup winners by now, but, you know, different in a different uni- uh, multiverse. The alternate time, yeah. But yeah, that... That about brings us to an end, lads. Uh, thanks very much, and uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Adios. As always, you can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok by searching the handle 343Football. That's F U T B O L. And on Instagram by searching 343Football Podcast. You can also listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher, and all other major podcast networks.